Hello and welcome to Pediapod for June 2020. This month, insufficient sleep in school-aged children, measured by actigraphy. There's a growing body of evidence to suggest that insufficient sleep can have detrimental effects on school-aged children's cognitive, emotional and behavioural regulation. But there remains a lack of objectively measured data on the stability and prevalence of insufficient sleep in this age group. Questions also remain around whether an average amount of sleep measured over a week captures the full picture as compared to the number of nights with insufficient sleep. Brur Ranum, currently doing his PhD at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology, was involved in a large prospective study of almost 800 children between the ages of 6 and 12 years to objectively measure the prevalence and stability of insufficient sleep. Here's Brur. My name is Brur Ranum. I'm uh, educated as a clinical psychologist at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology. I worked as a clinical psychologist for a couple of years and then I applied for a PhD position where I'm currently working now. What do we know about the detrimental effects of insufficient sleep in school-aged children? There's not so much research on children as there are on adults because it's a lot easier to get adults into a laboratory and restrict their sleep. Uh, but there are some studies indicating that if you shift their schedule so they get less sleep, uh, you can measure that they are doing worse at school the next day or the next week. So there's evidence that insufficient sleep is harmful, can be. Yeah, we believe that some important processing in the brain or in the body happens during sleep. I wonder, how do we define insufficient sleep? I feel like we all have an intuitive sense of what constitutes insufficient sleep, but are there well-defined numbers? I would say not really. Of course, it can vary maybe substantially from person to person, but still uh, experts try to recommend certain amounts of sleep. There is research then, is there, that has reached some sort of consensus on recommended hours. I read in your paper that something had come from the National Sleep Foundation. Yeah, so that's like one of the attempts to set some guidelines. But it's worth mentioning that these um, recommendations are also criticized for making a recommendation based on uh, too little evidence. So in your opinion, there, there is an evidence gap there? Yeah, we can't really say you should sleep eight hours every night on a regular basis. I can't say that like really confidently, but it's easy to notice like uh, you have immediate detrimental effects on functioning. Yeah, that's good evidence for, for that. But then if you sleep, your function bounces back, you feel normal again. One interesting thing that I noted while doing this work is that the prevalence of perceived sleeping problems, like insomnia, is uh, quite high. So many parents and children report that they have trouble sleeping. But when we look at the objective measures that we have, the actigraphy, it tells a different story. There's really low correlation or no correlation between uh, the duration of sleep and the perceived sleep problems. So how do you get an objective measure of sleep in children? You mentioned actigraphy. How does it work? In our study, we measured through an um, accelerometer, which is a device that uh, records uh, movement. So typically then, in these sorts of studies, how 
are these objective measures of sleep duration? How are they kind of characterized? How is that metric typically laid out? Well, no, look at the literature. I wonder why people are measuring seven days and then taking the average because that could conceal single nights that were of short or insufficient sleep. Let's say that one person sleeps four hours every night during the weekdays and then catches up with long bouts of sleep in the weekend. The average would uh, look normal. So uh, am I right in thinking then that in this paper that we're here to discuss, you aim to characterize sleep in such a way that you would spot those fluctuations if they happened sort of throughout the week? Yes. Our thinking was that it's really not the average that is important. It's more uh, how many nights that you get insufficient sleep, which would not be hidden by the average. So this was a prospective study of children between the ages of six right up until 12. So that's an amazing effort. Can you tell me about the, the study design? It was about 1,000 children with their parents participating. A few people drop out every year. But the percentage of people that uh, are still uh, with us is quite high compared to other uh, similar studies. And they came in every two years? Yeah, that's correct. It's every two years. So I guess the first question is, how big a problem is insufficient sleep in Trondheim, Norway? What was the prevalence? It's really low. So the duration of sleep was matched against this uh, recommendation from the National Sleep Foundation. Most children slept within the recommended amount. It was like 1% the first year, I think, that fell below the recommendations. And uh, gradually, over the years, more children slept under this cutoff. But that's uh, kind of natural because in this age, sleep duration declines by age. Yeah, it's not necessarily a problem. That might just be a completely natural part of growing up. Yeah. As you said, you were measuring their sleep with these two different metrics, that average amount of insufficient sleep over the week and also the number of nights of insufficient sleep. Now, did that throw up any differences in the quality of sleep in the different age groups? Yeah, there was a big difference because the average amount of insufficient sleep was low, but the prevalence of single nights with insufficient sleep rose sharply between age of 10 and 12. Did those nights of insufficient sleep, was there a pattern as to when they happened? Yeah, there, there's an interesting pattern because uh, when children were younger, uh, insufficient sleep uh, was more typical in the weekends. And then uh, later, when children get older, insufficient sleep was more prevalent in weekdays. I wonder why. Yeah. Worrying about school. Yeah. <laughs> so... The number of nights of insufficient sleep, that's more sensitive for picking up these individual nights. And the big question is, do those individual nights have a, a more detrimental effect than, a, you know, like a slightly reduced average? Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't know the answer. It would be nice to know. If it doesn't matter, then you could uh, cut down on sleep with no consequence. And if it does matter? If it does matter, uh, it would be important to accommodate good sleep practice. Yeah, there's a lot of debate about adolescents, uh, that they should maybe start school later. 
there's some research showing that uh, traffic accidents go down and that they get better grades and, and feel uh, better. Life quality goes up for adolescents when they are allowed to start later. So, so those studies into whether a single night or an average is more important will hopefully happen in the future. But th- this paper has just highlighted the importance of the sensitivity of, of measuring the number of nights with insufficient sleep so that those individual nights aren't lost using that average metric. Yes, yeah. Another important result of our study is that we found that stability of um, objectively measured sleep was uh, surprisingly low because former studies where participants are asked about their duration of sleep, the stability measures are typically higher. So it seems like if you're worried that your child is sleeping too little, it is likely to pass. Will we ever kind of decide on optimal one-size-fits-all recommendations for sleep for the different age groups? Or is there just too much kind of variability even within an age group? I think we shouldn't. Yeah, I think there's too much variability. We need to like make room for this variability. And by making these guidelines, we kind of hinder that. All in all then, it sounds like this, this measurement of a number of nights of insufficient sleep might be a useful metric for sleep researchers to include in future studies. But it also doesn't sound like insufficient sleep is a problem in Norway, does it? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a problem looking at the objective measurements. But there's another article from our research team that shows insomnia to prevalence to be high, like 10%. So that makes the opposite conclusion. Was that based on accelerometers or was that based on questionnaires? That was based on interview. So it's a conundrum. So what are you doing next then? Are you continuing sleep research? At the moment I am uh, trying to finish my PhD. Do you get enough sleep? No, because I have two small children. So no. (laughs) That was Bro Ranum from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology. And that's all we have time for. Please do join us again next month for the next episode of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening.